Welcome to Sports Lounge Live, a weekly talk show covering baseball. I don't believe what I just saw. Basketball. Believe it, Cleveland. The Cavaliers are NBA champions. Football. Got it at the five and into the end zone. Touchdown. Hockey. He's 54. NASCAR. Green flag waves again at the World Center of Racing. Plus the latest sports news, both pro and college. Hear past talk shows on your phone by calling 773-572-3006. Or as a podcast on your iPhone, Victor Stream or computer, or on your smart speaker. Visit legendoldies.com for links to automatically connect via your computer or iPhone. Call the sports aficionados at area code 646-876-9923. And enter the pin 287-723-4600, followed by the pound key twice. And now, your hosts, Chris Devon, Perry Lester, Sean Platts, Robert Herrick, and Bill Sparks. Well, good evening and welcome to Sports Lounge Live for, what is it, August 24th today. Our second week in the 4 p.m. slot. Chris, yeah, it's not evening yet. It's four o'clock. I mean, yeah. that's still the shank of the it's afternoon. It's an afternoon delight. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. This is afternoon delight. So anyway, this is uh, August twenty uh, fourth show, show number one fifty seven in our illustrious history, and uh, and um, I'm getting ready for my uh, trip to Pittsburgh to see my my ex wife, my kids, my grandchildren, my great granddaughter, who I haven't even seen yet. So I've uh, got to put together, telling everybody uh, before the show, I put together a to do list because you know you end up uh, the things you're kind of going to remember but uh you know it's gonna like oh the cell charger oh yeah uh, not good you know that kind of stuff so kind of doing that is and i took tomorrow off so i'm gonna plan to be on the coffee club too but anyway as far as sports lounge is considered uh, concerned here uh we have an agenda for you and uh that includes first of all of course we're going to give you the death list we have nine death not super big we have two big uh big stars i would say and, uh, you know, seven others that are not as much, but, uh, you know, still interesting. Uh, we have the panel. I'll go through and see what everybody's doing. Baseball, the NFL, college football. We're going to have a few games this weekend and so forth. Uh, NHL, tennis, NBA, and boxing. So um, the uh, death list I will give you now is... Tommy Curtis, 69 years old, UCLA point guard. And it was funny, we were having this discussion this week about, uh, you know, uh, David USF, who's in the LA area, kind of put it into the into the mix and saying, well, so sort of apologizing. Oh, that's a local guy. I remember that name because UCLA games at that time when Walton was playing at that time, when Walton and um, – Alcindor, aka Jabbar, were playing. That's what that was a national team. I mean, everybody watched the UCLA games, so you got to know those players. Leonard Thompson, sixty-nine, Detroit Lions wide receiver. Uh, Bill Freehan is seventy-nine, and Tigers catcher. You know, long-time catcher, sort of the uh, controlled the American League as far as catchers in the from about sixty-three or so uh, through the end of the sixties, and started to get Fiskin Munson involved. But uh, he was a big catcher for quite a while, the best in the league. Solly Drake. See, now here's an MLB player. I I hadn't heard of 90 years old outfielder played for the Cubs and Dodgers uh B Wayne Hughes 87 a uh, an owner a horse uh, racing owner that I didn't know uh owner and uh, he's also founded a business we'll talk about that Floyd Reese 73 years old I'd heard that name player executive and coach 
Uh, we have Rod Gilbert, 80 years old, and uh, for the Rain, played Mr. Ranger, they called him. Played for the Rangers quite a long time and had a great career uh, with the Rangers. Uh, Ramo Stott, 87 years old, uh, a race car driver for NASCAR and others. And Cameron Burrell, uh, only 26 years old, unfortunately committed suicide. And he was the son of a gold medal uh, winner in 1992 and a track star in his own right at the University of Houston. And uh, Jimmy Hayes, 31 years old, played for uh, BC, Boston College up here, and uh, and then in the NHL. I think his brother was a better uh, player. But, and uh, Kevin, I believe, is still playing yeah, with Kevin. Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. So, but I remember the name Hayes with the team, and I remember they were there for quite a while, and uh, only 31, and it's unexplained as to what happened to him uh, this time. From what I read today, Chris, they're listing it as natural causes. So. Wow, 31. Um, so, and that that's the list. So, uh, we have uh, Ryan Blaney, who uh, is, won the NASCAR this week. And, that was uh, in Michigan, by the way. I didn't Michigan, know where it okay. was. But. All right. And and Tony Fanal won the uh, Northern Trust somewhere in the Northeast because they got rained That's out. That's in New Jersey. In, 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 in New Jersey, yeah. So they yeah, uh, Jersey did, City. They rained out on Sunday, I guess. Yeah. So he's in the lead for the FedEx Cup because this is the first weekend mm-hmm. of the FedEx Cup, and then they narrow it down to eight, then the Final Four, and you know, yeah. so and whoever's left, I think they get like either ten or fifteen million dollars if they win the whole thing. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and they get free delivery for a year. It's good, too. Yeah. Okay, so um, I, my panel item today is just I, I got to uh, go on. We had a company outing. We went on a, a harbor cruise and then, you know, came. My ride home was adventurous. I ended up having to take a cab because the paratransit didn't show up and so forth. But um, in a kind of a – it wasn't really a tricky place. It's just the ride is getting kind of crazy these days. But part of the reason it's getting crazy is Boston is back. I mean, I was down there. Uh, in the, I'm not in that part of downtown that often. But people were around. People were, you could just tell it was a festive atmosphere. It was a Friday afternoon. Uh, you know, the Red Sox were, were going to be home. Uh, they were charging people 40 bucks to go across town to Fenway Park, where I got to charge $31 to maybe go 10 miles, a lot for, a lot less, uh, a lot more distance than they were getting charged. The traffic was going to be bad. So anyway, the point is, Boston is back, and, and it's really uh, sad that more cities aren't. I mean, obviously, people are, t- people are, are health conscious here, uh, and they're taking precautions and all that. And we just got a uh, thing that... It looks like the schools are going to, across state, be mandated uh, to have math at least uh, to October 1st because the state education commissioner can now do that. They gave him the power to do that today. So, you know, that's it, we're doing what we should, but people are still know that things are open and they can go out and, and enjoy, and, and they are. And that's, I was glad to see Boston being back. Rick? Rick Swan, by the way. We yes. didn't give his name, but we will right. now. Well, I don't know who wants me to talk, but they just got <laughs> – I got I got muted. I don't know why, but I've unmuted again. Um uh, we uh, it's been a uh, we had a big dud of a hurricane at least in our yeah. area. Yeah, yeah. We, they were all kinds of warnings, and we we got nine. Never, I, if if it was like it was here as it was in Boston, the Red Sox could have played Sunday. Yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah. Um, other than that, well, I got through my anniversary week. Okay, I hit the wife with the franchise tag, so we're good for another year. <laughs> And uh, I just want to vent once more about the Red Sox. I think this will be the last time because cause I know they're still right now. They're technically a playoff team, but I guess, as far as I'm concerned, you can stick a fork in them. Um, just, I just, I think they they hired this Heim Bloom, and his whole job was to build up the farm system. And they, I think they surprised themselves to get to where they were when the trade deadline came up. And to do it as little as they did, I mean, you look at the guys that went to the Yankees. They're not doing. I mean, Rizzo's played well, but he's missed time from COVID. 
COVID. Gallo's doing actually not a whole lot. He's batting like 148. But it's just, I think they showed the team that they, they want to win, and I don't think the Red Sox did that, even the, the fact of uh, Chris Sale coming back. Now, his last minor league start was on a Saturday, which means if he gave him his normal rest, his next two starts could have been against Tampa Bay and the Yankees. But instead, they pushed him back and they pitched him against Baltimore and Texas. And I just don't think they're sending out a message that they want to win. Um, you know, I mean, of course, they want to win, but I think the farm system is more important to them in the future. And, okay, that's it for me. Perry? Now, Rick, the wife didn't ask for a, a trade, try to build up financial deal for herself? <laughs> she does have a no-trade con. Uh, yeah. 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 Sucks to be her, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, am, I, am not on her, I am not on her list to be traded here. <laughs> well, the, the Iowa State Fair? Uh, is done. 1.4 million people went to the state fair. It sounds like all had had a great time. Of course, the state fair is mostly outside. I mean, yes, you could go through the indoors to see the you know the animals and stuff like that, but most of it's outside. So it was all good. 1.4 million, and and that was good because I think a lot of people uh, just last year a lot of people were bummed because that's a big deal here for people to go to the state fair and. Uh, all that stuff. So good for good for the fair that it, that it happened. Um, of course, the Cubs. The season is pretty much done, but they did have a nice win last night over Colorado. They they were trailing and they came back, tied the game, and and then won it on a Rafael Ortega two run homer in the bottom of the night. So um, Zach Zabeman was filling in for Pat Hughes who had a night off last night, and boy was he excited at the end of that game. And uh, but it, it was fun and getting ready for uh, our fall sports volleyball and football start here this weekend um, and college football week zero, no games in our state, but next week everybody plays. So that's what is yep. going on here. What's up in the great state of Indiana, Bill? Well, we had a quarterback controversy that seems to be settling itself down just a little bit. Um, so, and it seems like our main starter may come back, or he seems to be practicing unless he gets hurt between now and then again, <laughs> which could happen. Uh, the Cincinnati Reds have been on a roll here lately. Yeah. And have won, well, they um, really put a whipping on the Marlins, but of course everybody else does. But um, they're doing pretty well. Have vaulted into that wild card position past San Diego. Yep. I think you're going to get that wild card position too, Bill. I, the Padres just right now to me don't look like a playoff team. No, they're falling apart. At yeah, the and team. again, I guess it's East Coast bias or whatever it is. But we, you know, we were talking about the Mets falling apart, the Red Sox falling apart, and all this other stuff. But we really were not. I didn't realize. I guess was happening for a while that the Padres were having as much trouble. We just penciled them into the playoffs and uh, didn't even think about it anymore for a while. And yeah, there no. they are. They're in trouble now. The Reds and Brewers play tonight. We don't. I would. I'm Imagine the Brewers will sweep or win two or three games out of that series. The I don't Reds know, Bill. The Reds play pretty well against them. Yeah, I don't think they're going to catch the Brewers no. this year. No, I don't think they're going to no. catch them, but they play pretty well against them. Yeah, they have. So we'll see what we see. Mm-hmm. So take it away, Robert. Well, um, speaking of California teams stumbling, you can put that on the tag of the Oakland A's. They have... Three games in a row, we've blown leads in the bottom uh, in the uh, ninth inning, and we've blown games. Uh, and uh, so our bullpen is having issues. 
And all three of those games, the two Saturday and Sunday against the Giants, the last night against Seattle, uh, we had those games won, and the bullpen, uh, bullpen uh, gave it up. So, And currently it's a one-to-one in the second inning with Seattle in the eighth. Um, other than that, um, still dealing with smoke and stuff in the area, but things are improving in that area. But um, it looks like it's going to be a long time before these fires are completely dealt with, unfortunately, because of the lack of water we have. Um, other than that, um, no, no, Ro- no, Robert, for those who don't live there, what, okay. is a, what is a normal time for them to be dealt with on a normal year? Uh, you mean as far as the fires are concerned? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, if we have a normal water supply, these fires are normally put out you know, as fast as they start. But the last couple of years, because we've had water shortages, that's why some of these fires have gotten out of control. And that's why the Dixie Fire is currently burning over 700,000 acres because, uh, the, you know, it's very difficult for – they actually have to fly water into the state because we're, we're running out of water. Um, and uh, we have other fires that have been breaking out because of wind and other conditions. we got too much stuff to burn here because of the lack of forest management and the fact they've outlawed logging and because of the spotted owl and other stuff that we've had. You know, uh, it's been years and years of neglect by this state uh, since the 80s. A lot of this stuff has been ignored, and now we're paying the price for it. Wow. Oh, yeah, and, you know, clean out the brush. And so yeah. Just, so, yeah, go, anyway, it's pretty depressing. Go ahead, Sean. All right, well, hey, first of all, I want to give a special shout-out to the ladies from the Fire the Cannon podcast, and thank you for the plug. Uh, they're a college sport podcast kind of geared towards the University of Texas, but they are on a part of a network, and they are, uh, you know, they, they have guests from other college team-related podcasts on their show, and they kind of exchange uh, stuff with them, so you'll hear not just from the tech, you'll hear the perspective, but the ladies were on the Wagner Wire on 1049 The Horn promoting their podcast, and they were talking with the host, and they mentioned about a podcast that they did, and they mentioned, they probably mentioned Sports Times Live, so shout out to them, and also to Adam Wagner, Wags, he said he was going to start listening, uh, you know, he went and pulled it up, and he, if you want fantasy football, fantasy sports information, he you can go to his website, wagnerwire.com, so, uh, you know, go check him out. And then he does this show on Sundays on the Horn, but he, he does daily stuff over there. And, you know, he used to be a producer at the Horn and moved on, but he still does it Sunday. And so thank you to them for mentioning check. So, you know, yeah. hey, they're visiting us, so I encourage you to go visit them there. These ladies are starting the podcast just like they started, oh, about a year and a half ago. And they've, you know, they said they're growing. So, hey. All right. <laughs> so we'll check them. But also. I, I didn't even know uh, they fired I, cannons at the Texas game. I thought I didn't well, we all go. We're always talking about they Tampa Bay. The cannon, you know? They fire the cannon when there's a touchdown, and it, yeah, but yeah, it always startles people. Do they do a cannon for each point like they do in Tampa Bay? No, no, it's a cannon for the touchdown. <laughs> okay, but Tampa see, Bay, Sean, but see, Sean, when we hear fire the cannons, we think of uh, Dean Deckerhoff. Yeah, yeah, Gene Deckerhoff. We think of him yeah. when we fire the cannons. Yeah, yeah because they actually fi- they actually fire off the cannon in the stadium when they score a touchdown. So yeah, yeah. but in all ser- but in all seriousness, yeah. give the I I probably yeah, no, will. give great. these ladies a listen. They're you know yeah. Yeah, give, I'm, I apologize. Good. I don't have all their names, but they're really knowledgeable. They're really knowledgeable as far as their sports. They talk for. They basically took up the whole 11 o'clock hour on the show, and I went and listened to their podcast as soon as 
as soon as I was done, I said, I got to go hear these ladies. And I was really impressed. They didn't have all our names either. So that's fair. That works. Yeah. Okay. yeah high, high school. Yeah. They said Sean and a bunch of other guys. A bunch of other guys. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Where are the bunch and, of other guys? And, yeah. yeah and, and she goes, and they're all blind too, I think, is what she said. <laughs> so yeah. We are. But no, uh, but yeah. And high school football starts course this week. You know, high schools are back in session here and traffic. You can definitely tell with the university coming back and the schools. Oh, you, you listen to the traffic reports. You can tell they're back, but also uh, you want to chime in any time throughout the week, uh, throughout the show. You can go on the Zoom app or the number and then enter code 287-723-4600, or we do have the listener line open. If you want to dial directly, 317-886-1103, and we'll go over what we're talking about. Plus, we do have a poll question. It was a last-minute poll question based on a story that broke a little over two hours ago about some of the worst overreactionary moves in sports. So, uh, you know, think about that and come on in when we get to that time and we'll do it. So anyway, uh, I guess we can get to the show. Oh, by the way, you can contact us throughout the week. 800-693-0595. Option two, say it's for Sports Lounge Live. Or email us, sportslounge at uh, allthingsradio.net or 773-572-7715. So, hey, there you now. All let's right. get on to our agenda. Oh, we got, we got the MLB uh, stuff we can cover here? Yep. Okay, so we have the standings. Uh, so, first of all, Tampa Bay leads the American League East with 77-48. and 48. <clears throat> Yankees, who won, uh, now have run 10 in a row, are 73-52. and 52. Now, this was interesting. Uh, I had it in my notes, but we'll, we'll get it done now. The, the Braves and the Yankees met last night, and both teams had won nine in a row, and it's the first time since 1901 that that has happened. The two teams met each other having won nine or more in a row. So that's pretty cool. So, um, you know, and on the other uh, side of the ledger, I think the Pirates are playing Arizona this week. So the, that's there correct. you go. Oh, boy. Anyway, so, so, and the Yankees won that, so they have now won 10 in a row. So Yankees, 73-52. Red Sox, 71-55. and Well, they, they won their AAA game yesterday, too, that they shouldn't <laughs> have won either. So, uh, you know, you, you can win those, and Perry's uh, Cubs did that against those AAA teams we talked about last week. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, Rockies and the Rangers are among them. And, uh, you know, the Red Sox, uh, I mean, they've lost a couple games they should have won, probably, you know, but uh, they, they pulled one out that they, they you wouldn't expect. But uh, maybe it's an omen. But uh, Red Sox, 71-55. and 55. Toronto, 65 and 58. You know what's funny? Toronto is muddling along here, and maybe they're not happy up in Toronto. And everybody's so, look at Toronto, and don't forget Toronto. Oh, boy, Toronto's doing that. <laughs> when you look at the standings, they're really not gaining on anybody. You know, no, they, they're they, not. They hang in, they split with the Yankees, they split with the Red Sox. They don't really gain on the teams that are in front of them, and, you know, they're in the race, and I'm not saying they're not, but it's like, everybody's so impressed with their hitting, their starting pitching is good, people don't have a lot of bad things to say about their bullpen, they just don't, you know, but everybody's screaming about the Red Sox, and, you know, the Red Sox have been ahead of them all year, so I don't, I don't I don't know. It's just uh, the the publicity is is the the hype is more than the sum of the parts so far. And it doesn't mean that they aren't don't have potential and in other years are going to be good. But I think you know they're not done yet as as we, we we do that feature. They're not. But it's just it doesn't seem to translate. You know, and people were giving the Yankees up for dead, and here are the Yankees uh, now in second place, and Toronto. Oh, watch out for Toronto, and uh, they're they're just treading water. The way the Yankees are playing, they may catch Tampa Bay. So, well, yeah, they could. They could. I don't know how many games they have left with them, but it's four game lead. So, it, 
they could. Um, so Toronto 65, 58, Baltimore 38 and 85. In, and they've lost 17 in a row now, I think. 18. 18? Yeah. Okay, 18. And the okay. record for uh, the American League, I don't know what the major league record is, but the, the record for the American League is 21, and that was set by the 1988 Orioles. That's right. And, and, season. Yeah. Yep, that's right. And uh, the thing is, they have lost those 18 games by 100 runs. So the average <laughs> loss is five and a half runs per game. They had that on the Red Sox yesterday, and uh, Sean says, oh, tough losses, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I read so anyway. an article, though, Chris, I, over the weekend, I think, and it sounds like what is going on is the Red Sox, or not the Red Sox, but the Orioles, I should say, are trying to basically lower the payroll to the point where the Angelos boys can sell the team and make a huge profit. So yeah, great. You know, they, they really don't. To be honest, they, it doesn't sound like they care what, what happens. No, to them. it's been pretty obvious. Okay, in the Central, Jamal's White Sox at 72 and 54. Uh, and, uh, you know, they're, they're not, uh, he's been complaining, and I guess rightfully so. They're just sort of, you know, treading water, too. I mean, they, they have, uh, you know, I don't know what their schedule's been like, and I know they did have to play Houston and stuff, and then they've played Tampa and Bay. The Yankees. Yeah. yeah, and the Yankees. So they've had kind of a tough schedule, but they're, they're not in trouble. they got a nine-game lead over Cleveland, yep. 61 and 61. We have Detroit at 60 and 66. We have Kansas City, 56 and 68, and Minnesota is at 54 and 70. Well, I'm very thankful of the Royals. They've been giving Houston all, all kinds of trouble. Yeah. I'm yeah. really no, appreciate that's what I'm that. saying. There's a little different yeah. attitude in some yeah. of these teams that are not as good as, and compared to others. Yeah. In the West, we have uh, Houston at 73 and 52, Oakland at 70 and 56, so that three-and-a-half game uh, lead for the Astros there. Uh, Seattle, 68 and 58. Now, there's a team, talk about West Coast bias or lack thereof, we never talk about Seattle, and Seattle's a team that looks like the one you have to watch if you're looking in your rear view mirror. No, they, the they're playing, the we're playing them right now, Chris, and they're playing very well. So. Yes, and that 10 games over 500. Yep. And the Angels, 62 and 64. Have we stuck up working them yet? I don't remember. No, I, we have not. Oh, let's so. do it. I, I, we'll go over the wild card standings in a minute. But the Angels, painful. 62 and 64, I know. And <laughs> yeah. Texas, 43 and 81. So the wild card standings, the Yankees, we, we lead the wild card at 73 and 52. Red Sox have the second wild card so right now they would play each other at yankee stadium 71 and 55 but then well, tv so would the, love that tv would love oh, that wouldn't they they yes. would love that yeah. they would it's a, a replay bucky do you think you'd see the bucky <laughs> den home run a few times during that single elimination game okay so then the uh so the next uh, team is the a's and they are at um let's let me find them 70 Where are they? 56 70 right? 56 are just um a game behind the red sox so and then you go to seattle who's three behind the red sox and toronto is uh, four and a half behind the Red Sox. Yep. So, and then, uh, you know, Cleveland's like nine out. The Angels are 10 out. So we're going to stick a fork in the Angels. I think we're done with all the easy, the low-hanging fruit. Yes. So now on, I think it's going to be a little more difficult to, to say who we're we're going to eliminate from consideration. Mm-hmm. National League East, the Braves, of course, just off their nine-game winning streak and their loss last night, are 68 and 57. They've got a pretty good lead they, now. They play the, the Yankees Phillies. again tonight. So They do. The Phillies then are they get, Then, Chris, they get two days off. Yeah, they okay. do. Yeah, that's weird. Hey, yeah, why are the A's playing Seattle this afternoon, uh, Robert? Uh, I no, I don't know where Seattle goes to next, but apparently Seattle requested the uh, the, the day game okay. for travel purposes. Okay. Okay, um, so the Braves 68 and 57, Philadelphia 63 and 61, so a four-and-a-half game lead for the Braves. Mets are sliding away, uh, 61 and 63, six-and-a-half out. They finally did win a game, though, and they how many yeah. did they lost? About eight in a row or something? Yeah, well, we might be able well, to no, it's not that. They were two and 
and five on that road yeah. trip. We might okay. we might be able to stick a fork in the Mets, Chris. If we haven't not, done not it already. this week, I don't think. I don't okay. think we quite do it because they're still within. I try to wait till you, they're still like six out of the wild card, six and a half out of the division. So it's not yeah. time for that. And well, they also they, after this series they have they have like twelve or thirteen games with Washington and Florida in a row. Well, yeah. that's so, true. Well, they they help. do play the Giants the next yeah, three days. Yeah, after yeah. these three. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, speaking of Washington, 53-70, and 70, and Miami, 51-74. and 74. In the central, Milwaukee continuing to cruise at 76-49, and 49. Cincinnati, 69-57. and 57. So for the division, they're seven and a half out, but uh, they're, they're more interested in the wild card right now. We'll talk about that. Yep. Cardinals, 63-60 and 60 now in the wild card hunt. The Cubs, 55-72, and 72. and Pittsburgh They're not in the wild, heart, wild card. They're not in the wild card hunt. <laughs> and the Pirates are in 45-80, and 80, and they clearly aren't either. Nope. San Francisco. 80 and 44, the Dodgers 78 and 47, and they're going to play each other uh, this weekend. Ah, uh, Labor Day, Labor yeah. Day weekend. The Labor, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's uh, not Labor Day itself. I think it starts Friday, right? Uh, September 3rd, 4th, and 5th. That will be Friday, Saturday, Sunday, right? Yep. So in, in yep. San Francisco, so yep. that'll be that'll be interesting. And that's the last three games that those teams play this year. So. Yep. So there you go. So two and a half game lead for the Giants right now on the Dodgers. Padres, 68-58 uh, and 58 there. You don't have to worry about them for the division anymore. Nope. Uh, Colorado, 57-68. Arizona, 42-84. and 84. So, And there's one AAA team 15 games ahead of another AAA team. That's <laughs> correct. Amazing. So for the wild card, uh, let's see. We, we said that the Reds are leading it because they now have uh, – their, well, they're second. I'm sorry. Dodgers yeah. are leading the wild card race. Right. right. True. Yeah. Because they're, they're going to – and they're going to be in the postseason. But they're leading the wild card race. But the one you focus on is the Reds. So they're 69 and 57. And then uh, you've got uh, the closest east. Yes. And San Diego is um, 68 and 58. So they're just a game behind the Reds. And of course, they fired their pitching coach, longtime pitching coach, uh, Larry Rothschild. So, you know, uh, remember, we keep saying that nobody from the east is really going to make it. Well, they could. But they're 63 and 61 at the Phillies right now. So they're uh, five games out. And then uh, looking at the Cardinals are better than that, though, because the Cardinals are 63 and 60. So they're a little bit more in it. So uh, four and a half out. So it looks like it's going to be between the Reds and the, but the Cardinals and the Eastern second place team do have an outside chance, but mm-hmm. you know, so I don't think there's anybody to eliminate in the national league today. Nope. So uh, we have the game underway. As uh, Robert says, the last you knew was one to one, right? Robert? One to one in the third. Uh, okay. One to one in the, the third right Seattle now. Seattle and the A's. Yeah. Then at seven Oh five tonight, we have the angels at Baltimore, uh, Tampa Bay at Philadelphia, Arizona at Pittsburgh, seven Oh seven. The white Sox are at Toronto. 710 Minnesota is at the Red Sox, Texas at Cleveland, Washington at Miami, San Francisco at the Mets, 720 is the uh, Yankees at the Braves, 745 Detroit and St. Louis, uh, 805 Colorado and the Cubs, 810 Kansas City and Houston, and then Cincinnati and Milwaukee as well, and 1010 the Dodgers in San Diego. And so I imagine, I didn't look. Oh, we are right at right time. at the bottom of the hour. We will come back. Yeah. I, I would bet, Chris, you have some baseball notes. I we have do. one. I have one too. When we come back, so let's do the break, Bill, and we'll be back in two minutes. Okay, what are you wearing right now? Nothing. That's right. So mommy's going to teach you how to dress yourself. Underwear always comes first. Name tag at the back, then pants, then shirt. Get the first button in the right hole or you have to start all over. Socks going first, then shoes right on right, left on left. With shoelaces, just take the ends, cross them over, switch the loops. The rabbit goes down the hole, pull tight, and left with bunny ears. Got it? Why are your pants on your head? Most parenting is hard to do in just two minutes. 
two minutes twice a day making sure they brush their teeth is easier and it could help save them from a lifetime of tooth pain. Visit 2min2x.org to find out more. A message from the Partnership for Healthy Mouths, Healthy Lives, and the Ag Council. This message is for all of you sitting in the passenger seat. And apologies if it gets a little uncomfortable. But how does it feel to be at the mercy of someone who thinks a random text is more important than your life? Someone who takes their eyes off the road while speeding along in a three-ton hunk of steel. Freaky, right? Well, why not just ask them to stop? Or better yet, volunteer to text for them. It might be a little awkward, but believe me, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads, let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. How's it going? I'm having a stroke. Are you going to shake my hand? I'm having a stroke. Wow, you're not even moving your arm. I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ed Council. And we're back. And uh, before we get into Chris's notes, Cubs Director of Business Operations, Crane Kenny, says, quote, the Cubs right now have a team that the fans are not used to, and this will change during the offseason. So it's they must be getting a lot of flack on social media because it seems like they come out with a pronouncement every day. Yeah, well, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. The fans fans are not happy. If you listen to Chicago radio, Chris, you can tell how how unhappy they are. Uh, The score is absolutely full of Cub fans. Just between Cub fans and Bear fans, they're they're not happy in Chicago right now. Yeah, we'll get. We'll we don't get know. To we the don't bears. know why. I mean, we'll get to the Bears later, but I don't know why yeah. they would be because I mean, there there's a lot to, to look up for. Well, the Bears. Yeah. It, it, it would yeah, be. Trubisky came in and took them apart. <laughs> yeah, he certainly problem. did. Defensively, yeah. I would bet they shouldn't be happy. But offensively, I mean, it, yeah. once once Fields okay. gets on his feet, I think they'll be okay. But the Cubs, yeah. Uh, yeah. they have a lot of work to do in the off season. Let's just call it the way it is. So anyway, so baseball, we had Chris Bassett hit by a line drive uh, off the bat of uh, uh, White Sox outfielder, outfielder Brian uh, Goodwin. And, uh, and so, he had he had surgery today, Chris, and uh, it was reported as a as a success. He's still in Chicago because he's not allowed to fly. Uh-huh. Um, he uh, they say he might be able to get on an airplane this weekend. So. And Seattle just took a three-to-one lead. So okay, there you good go. Good news for us uh, Red Sox fans. Although, hey, the Mariners yeah. have to be watched too. But you got to keep the team right behind you. Behind you. That's what you have right. to do in this, uh, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So, um, so what are they expecting for time being out for him? Um, well, I don't think now they're saying that he could be back in six weeks, but I don't think he's going to pitch the rest of the year. Oh. I, I think uh, I think we'll see him again in spring training. But you know, I'm no doctor, but that's my opinion. But they're saying otherwise. Okay, uh, Freddie Freeman hit for the cycle the other night uh, against Miami on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and uh, the the 
the thing about Freddie Freeman is that he had left the game on, we had a story, I think it was about the week ago Sunday, that he left the game with the respiratory distress, distress and he turned around and he was the strike cycle. So, yeah. I think Fre- I think Freddie is making himself a lot of money this year. Uh, yeah, Atlanta's going to have to pony up the dough. I, I don't know if he's a free agent after this year. But he he certainly to... is. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So why don't we just, because there were various stories about Trevor Bauer this week. So, Perry, you were sort of uh, reporting a lot of these. So why don't you talk about Trevor Bauer and where he stands with his uh, suspension and his court cases and all that stuff. Well, he's still suspended, but uh, the court has <clears throat> has denied the uh, lady who was seeking a long-term uh, restraining order against him, the court denied that. So, I mean, that would make you think that, you know, at least in that case, her case may not be quite as strong, but um, he is still suspended. And really, that's where it is. I mean, if you want to be. Yeah, he's suspended through the, yeah. the 27th, uh, technically right, right now. And yeah. uh, the thing, though, too, is in the meantime, in Ohio, he's pleading the, planning to plead the Fifth Amendment in that case. No, it was in California. With It was in California. Oh, is that where he was going to plead the Fifth Amendment? Okay. Yeah, it, yes. if they called him to testify, that's what he was going to do. Okay, so that's a strange indication of uh, his not having confidence, but the judge isn't sold either, so I don't know what's going on. Right. I think it's uh, he said, she said, but he's uh, yeah. leery. But, you know, but he does have that MLB thing in Ohio. Is go- MLB too. is going to wait until it all plays itself out, though, because they certainly certainly don't want to bring him back and, and have to deal no. with that kind of a situation. No. Right. So, uh, uh, David, USF brought up a, uh, there was a pitcher brought up for the Dodgers, made his uh, debut, Andre Jackson, he debuted. He was the first pitcher in modern era to have five strikeouts, four walks, and uh, no runs allowed in two hits and four innings. So, I don't know, I, it seems kind of a strange statistic. You would think a starter would have had a game like that, but I guess maybe, I don't know. It, it was just kind of, I threw it in there because David sent it to us, but I didn't really understand the significance of it exactly. Sometimes no. it's hard to tell these things. Then, uh, then we need to talk about Jack Morris here. So, Jack Morris... The other day, Shohei Otani was up to bat, and he did a uh, little, uh, they said, what do you, how do you pitch this guy? And in a Japanese action, he said, very carefully. Yep. And he, uh, it just, you know, was silent in the booth. But, you know, it, it, it was something that you could have done a million times. You know, I'm sure it was done. You could play uh, clips of almost anybody doing, who could who does voices. Not everybody does them. Yeah. But anybody doing something like that. Um, and then about three uh, innings later, he apologized and uh they have suspended him indefinitely. And uh, the question I have is, I, I, see, I think that's not as bad as what happened with um, uh, Bob Brenly because he had to think about it ahead of time that, you know, he really didn't like the way Marcus Stroman was, you know, with, with the way he was attired and all, you know, had his hair or whatever. And, you know, so he, he really went out of his way on that. I also think with uh, Tom Brenneman, I think there'd probably been a history of some comments like that. So people in the in the broadcast team decided we're going to get him when he says one of these things because he keeps yeah. doing the same thing. Like this situation, they talked about they talked about this on our morning show here on the Horn, Bucky and Aaron, and they had they actually did a whole hour parody on Bucky and Aaron's sensitivity training, having the callers call in and, like Aaron Hogan used to be the program director, and he said, I, you know, for the horn, he's not now because he's got some other duties with him also. But he said, I would not have suspended him. I would have said, I would have accepted the apology and said, hey, he did something. He made a comment. He apologized. Right. And, you know, from what I understand, what, what they said, there were not complaints from the advertisers. It's just that it's the the Tigers or the uh, NBC Sports Detroit or whichever one. As Bally Sports. Yeah, okay, there are Valley Sports. And remember, Valley Sports is Sinclair. Sinclair kind of got reactionary, which kind of goes along with our poll question later. Got a little right. reactionary 
because of, oh, well, what if this might happen? Not that it did or did not happen, but we're going to do it. That way, if there is, we can say, well, we suspended him. So it's probably not going to be a long suspension. It's like, hey, don't right. do that again. And, I'm wondering, know, though. To be, to what, be what honest, Mike... though, and I mean, you've heard him, Chris, over the years like I yeah. have. Yeah. I was kind of amazed that Jack Morris tried to make a joke at all. Jack Morris, yeah, really. normally, yeah. he's normally <laughs> Mr. Serious all the time. Yeah. He's a good yeah. analyst. I used to hear him on with the Twins, and he was always good. Uh, Danny and Glavin, he did and, with you know, the Blue Jays as well. Yeah. yeah, that's right. He did do the Blue Jays. I heard him there too. But no, I'm I'm wondering, for example, and there's no fairness because everybody works for different companies and everything else. Uh, you know, whether what's Bob Brenly got compared to uh, what? Because I think Brenly's was more out of line than you know than what uh, Morris's was. I mean, but I also think that it's something that somebody could have thrown in for two seconds on a talk show and nobody would have noticed it. It would have just gone oh, gone under the radar. Because I think yeah, the thing that Christian Fourier did on the EEI thing with the with the, with Tom Brady's agent took was a big. He was making a big bigger thing, and it took longer. And I think that's where he got into trouble. You know, where they got the sensitivity training and all that. Right. Stuff. Yeah. What, what were you going to say, Sean? I was going to say, yeah. If you listen to some of the sports talk stations and some of the bits they do, oh yeah, they can yeah. definitely. Oh, know? absolutely. And some of the like, go listen to the ticket in Dallas. Their whole thing is like a morning zoo type show, sports related. Oh sure. And the fake yeah. Jerry and. When they have the fake Jerry Jones on and all that, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely! Just, Look know. at all the stuff I must used to do. You know. Well, you that. you should hear Boomer and Geo in the mornings. Uh, or Rick, Rick, does. Rick oh yeah. Can tell, Rick yeah. can tell you all about that. They do all kinds of stuff in the morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, Shohei Otani hit his 40th home run and uh, for the most home runs by a uh, Angel uh, as a left-handed hitter. Reggie Jackson hit 39 in 1982, and the fastest fastest of 40 home runs. Uh, so and these, they've only had six 40 or more home runs seasons for the Angels. You know, they played in a tough arc to hit. Troy Gloss hit 47 in 2000 and 41 in 01. Pujols hit 40 in 15. And Trout had 41 in 15 and 45 in 19. And then, you know, Otani has done it now. So then another thing we talked about this week and got into sort of a discussion is Tampa Bay. And uh, we're going to talk about another team who's uh, almost homeless in the NHL later. But Tampa Bay, they drew 6,673 uh, fans to the Military Appreciation Night last uh, Wednesday against the Orioles. Now, admittedly, that's the Orioles. I mean, the Orioles even kept the Red Sox tendons down when the Red Sox were, you know, decent days. It's up 28,000 instead of, you know, 30, over 30, which they've been getting. So the Orioles will drive people away. I mean, I get that. That's a little part of it. But the thing is is what is the matter is it is it um and there were a lot of free tickets available and you know everybody in the military got free tickets if you were in the military you got a free ticket to the game right so the the thing is that the biggest mistake and the dumb the dumbest thing that was done and they talk about it in st petersburg and it's this and it's that and our friend from the tampa bay area in our sports groups has not commented on that and she's not a driver so she wouldn't necessarily know but people do complain about that the biggest thing and the technology was there the Sky Dome had already been built and, and so forth, and other people were building them. Why wouldn't you build a retractable roof stadium? I mean, that's just what you need. If you're going to, you know, people don't want to sit inside in Florida. And maybe now Eddie Andelman used to say that they wouldn't, sports wouldn't fly in South Florida. I don't know if he meant he was really concentrating on, on Miami. He said a baseball team will never make it in Miami. There's too much to do and too many people from other places. The best and he's is, right. The best the A's draw, or the Rays draw, is when the Red Sox, at least used to be. I don't know yeah. how it is. Red Sox and Yankees come in. But but my point is, how could you not have built a retractable roof? I remember also there was a delay for the re- regional final they played there before the Rays actually got there, about a month before the Rays actually got there. Something was wrong in the stadium to start with. But I, the best well, line 
O'Brien about that stadium was Dave O'Brien one time said on the Red Sox radio when he was on the radio, and uh, the sun didn't hit the catwalk or it did some one of these yeah. things that it does. And he says, this is like saying Fenway's like Augusta, and, and this stadium's like a pitching pot. You know? <laughs> well, so, and, you know, there's, a, I don't, there's other bad stadiums, too, that they draw in. But, like, Tampa Bay is not a sports town. Yes, they support they support the Buccaneers. They sometimes. support the Lightning. Yeah. But yeah. you got to remember, you like you said, you have a majority of the people from Tampa Bay are from New York or New England, and just like Miami, look, the Marlins built that new nice new stadium, and they're not drawing. So I well, think well, Tampa and Bay, uh, the difference between Miami and Tampa, Sean, is the Miami uh, roof is a retractable roof. Right. Tampa, yeah, Tampa it's Bay a retractable roof, and. Yeah. But you don't want, yeah, you don't want to open that roof up in no, July in Miami. No, yeah. no. no that's to, when you retire, but, like in the Arizona. But you can have some night days and look at the night days you get in spring training, March and April and into May. It's not so bad down there. So you, right. you can yeah, open like, the roof. What's weird, Arizona, it's a spring training area. But, the, I mean, the Diamondbacks draw. They, they, well, they, they they're draw. not now because they're so bad, Sean. But, yeah, but they well, normally but draw. But when they win, they, they draw. Yeah. But Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay was in the World Series. And they're not. There's, I mean, six thousand fans. I can see. Okay, fifteen, twenty because yeah. of the bad. No, I agree. Thing. I agree. It's not good. But it's, I mean, Tampa Bay doesn't. I hate to say it. If you're listening from Tampa Bay, uh, go ahead. You can you can go after me, whatever. But you don't deserve a baseball team because you don't care. You don't care. It's just like New Orleans and a basketball team. No, it's an NBA team. Same thing. Tampa Bay, let them move to Nashville. Let them move to Charlotte. Let them move to Montreal, Austin, Bay, you know, wherever. San Antonio, wherever, you know. Well, they've got a lease there until 2027, the end of the year, but well, they, they can get out of that. Yeah. Well, so. before we, but while we're on baseball, it's uh, Arizona Diamondbacks pitcher. I believe his name is Galen Smith, suspended 10 games for the uh, sticky oh, substance. Sticky stuff. Oh, okay. the second <laughs> sticky substance guy, because we have yeah. the Mariner guy that got suspended earlier. Yep. And that, uh-huh. that came across just about 10 seconds ago. Um, okay. You know how Tuesdays are. They're very. Uh, in, in. So we have another COVID outbreak. Break. It's the uh, Texas Rangers, and Charlie Culverson was the first guy. And then we heard that Brock Holt uh, also had it. Uh, you know, he was unavailable the last couple of games, and and uh, they, I guess they've got a few guys. And they are a, a an above eighty five percent vaccinated team, by the way. So yeah, yeah. you know, they another, uh, another name is is uh, Jonah Heim, one of their catchers. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, that's right. I did hear that. Now, who's the guy? Fulton Evich, who used to play for the Braves. Uh, Mike Fulton. But the point is, you know, baseball, you're just out for the 10 days, no matter what. And whether you, if you can't get a positive test, and I don't think you can even shorten your time with the positive test. I think baseball is kind of crazy with this thing, because if a team, if somebody, some people are going to maybe have even no symptoms from being vaccinated, but they test positive, they're just going to keep them out for 10 days. And I think the NFL, and we don't know, we've been batting it around. And I think we'll see when we get into the NFL season, I think they've got more flexibility to their tests. And I think they'll be able to, if you're, they'll be a big dif- differentiation between who's vaccinated and who isn't the way the NFL is doing it. Baseball, they're not. You, you know, no matter whether you're vaccinated or you aren't, uh, you're going to be out a long time. So, uh, you know, I don't know. The, the, what, baseball, I think, is over, kind of being crazy about their doing it. Uh, let's see. I'm, I think if we got this four. Oh, this is an interesting note I heard on the Red Sox game. Now, this is really weird. The Red Sox uh, have only uh, used uh, seven starters so far this year. And they, the lowest they've ever done before was eight starters in a season. That was the 
wonderful 1965 Red Sox who were 62 and 100. And <laughs> these starters were actually, you know, I think uh, Mambo Cat was still here, Earl Wilson and uh, Dave Moorhead were, you know, decent pitchers. But the thing is, and they would have maybe tied what this team has done so far if they hadn't started Arnold early the last game of the season because he was 0-0. Oh, let's get him a decision. Oh, they got him a loss. <laughs> but anyway, and he'd been a pretty good reliever during that season. But my, my point is, obviously, with the bullpen, there were other issues. Although, Tony Canigliaro was home run champion that year with 32 home runs. So, But you talk about drawing flies. That was a team that drew flies. That was it. They, nobody went to those games. But between, you know, this is between the Ted Williams and the Impossible Dream uh, years. But the thing is, what it points out is Red Sox don't have any excuse about injuries this year. You know, they really have not had any any injuries. And certainly the starting staff. It's not the best starting staff in the world. You know, now that we got the sale back, that's good. But, you know, it's basically a middle-of-the-rotation kind of staff. But anyway, and uh, Nelson Cruz also has COVID. And, uh, uh, he's off the he list. Going to, he's going to be activated as before tonight's game. So oh, I wonder okay. if that was a – I wonder if they thought there was False something. positive there or yeah. something yeah. Or, or contact tracing, okay. so one or the other. Uh, and then uh, Miguel Cabrera, Cabrera hit his 500th home run for the uh, Tigers. Yeah, on Sunday, and on Stephen Sunday Matt Toronto. is the one that gave it up, yep. And 2,954 hits, so maybe he's... Yeah, 2,955, so he's 45 away from yep. 3,000. Mm-hmm. So, yep. And then we mentioned, and we can expand upon it a little bit, San Diego fired Larry Rothschild. Now, he's got a good reputation as a pitching coach. He's longtime pitching coach for the Yankees, longtime for the Cubs. And it's kind of, you know, in the middle of the season like this, I mean, what, what are you going to do about firing a coach like that? I, I my, really... my guess, Chris, is they're hoping it will somehow incentivize the pitchers to pitch better. But frankly, all of their pitchers that they were relying on are not pitching well right now. Yeah, and then they had the injury to, uh, what's his name, from Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, they don't even have him there. Um, and Right, and uh, Arietta's already hurt. Yeah, oh, and uh, uh, oh, uh, Chris uh, or uh, Blake Snell is Blake Snell. And they, they were not able, of course, they, they feel like the Red Sox do about Rizzo. Supposedly the Red Sox were in the running for Rizzo, and uh, they were in the running to get uh, Scherzer, and the Dodgers did. So yeah. there is that, too. So so that's all I have on baseball. Anybody uh, get some more we baseball do have a hand. Stuff? We do have a hand. Jerry, go ahead all and right. mute yourself. Okay, yeah. folks. Uh, in case anybody's interested, the... Um, Team from Texas is they're in the fourth inning now. They're winning two to nothing in the Little League World Series. And, Who are they uh, playing? What state are they playing? They're Michigan. Michigan. And okay. Tom's River. Yeah, this is an elimination game. So yeah, I got to say that. Oh, well, Tom's River, New Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's the winner of this plays Nebraska tomorrow at three. I believe okay. They've said. And if. Um, if anybody's interested, the Paralympics are happening. The opening ceremony, I guess it's been on already, but it's going to be repeated tonight, 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on NBCSN. Mm-hmm. And then there's going to be a wheelchair basketball. They're going to have coverage like from 7, a. 7 p.m. Eastern to 3 a.m. Eastern. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. So there you go. That's what I that's what I have to say. Good. For now. Okay, thanks, Jer. Thank you. All right. Any it's other... good to see the Little League World Series back. I mean, I've been watching yeah. a bunch of it this year. That is mm-hmm. good to see. Yeah. Yep. Okay, any other uh, baseball or any, any hands? Nope. I, I think that's I it. Go. Begin... No more hands. Go no. into the NFL preseason. And once again, Rick is right. I looked at it here. 13-3 to 3 this time, the AFC smoked yep. the, the NFC. The AFC right now is 27-4. and 4. <laughs> the, a- the AFC appears now, this is only preseason, but they appear to be the superior conference. Well, it, it is preseason. But, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's fun. To, you know, you it is strange. You know. Uh, so, we had the Patriots. And, again, people can comment on these games if they... <laughs> If they saw it, I have anything to say. Patriots okay. beat the Eagles uh, 35 to nothing, and I was shocked. I was 
busy on uh, Thursday night. Not only was I in all things radio, but I was doing a, involved in another meeting. And I put it on and found out the score. And I mean, what, what Ricky watched? What the heck happened? Well, for one, thing, for one thing, Jalen Hurts <laughs> was, was warming up. He looked great and everything. And all of a sudden, at game time, they decided he, decided he was sick. They rushed okay. him to the hospital. Yeah. And he, ended up ha- he ended up having a stomach virus. Uh-huh. Okay. And, and uh, I, don't know if the, I don't know if the Eagles were planning it all along, but it seems like once he wasn't there, they weren't going to start any other number ones. You know? Right. Okay. Yeah, so they just, uh, there was nobody out there. Yeah, yeah. okay. But, the, but uh, what would you say about Jones and uh, Newton? How did they look? They both looked very good in this game. Yeah. Well, and I, now Cam yeah. Newton. And screwed himself up. He, yeah. He's in the, uh, the protocols because uh, apparently he went to an outing or something, and and now no, he it was a, it was a medical all. appointment. Uh, oh, uh, it was a uh, medical appointment. A, okay, supposedly a team-sanctioned medical appointment, which doesn't make sense because you would think if Newton doesn't know doesn't know the rules, at least the team would. Yeah. Um, but because it was a, a you know was was away from the facilities, then that and he's not vaccinated. That means he has to sit quarantine for five days so he won't be back until he's he'll be back on thursday for the second day of uh team workouts with the giants right okay so uh anyway so that was that was kind of a surprise as to the proportion of that kansas city beat arizona 17 10 uh, and the chiefs look good in that game chris Did they? Uh, and okay. the cardinals uh they looked okay they didn't really play any of their number ones very long and an uh, interesting story rick and maybe you can comment on this but apparently larry fitzgerald is Having second thoughts on whether he wants to play this year? Yeah, they keep saying, you know, they keep talking about teammates texting him saying, we want you back, and but he's, he's just not making a decision. I don't you know. He said Is he, he playing was on now his, or not? Um, no, no. 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 He, on his um, Sirius XM show, you know, that, that Jim Gray has, he said he just doesn't have the desire to play right now. Okay. All right. Uh, Washington beat Cincinnati 17 to 13. Uh, and then Buffalo, this is one I heard part of, and Buffalo and the Bears. Yeah. No, no, no one is ever going to have a better day than Nick Trubisky had on Saturday. Oh, he yeah. comes in, he takes the, his former team apart, and of course they didn't play Josh Allen, so they just, he started the game, and they, and they, they were setting this up, I think, you know, and said, you know, just let's, let's uh, look at him. And he went in there and really did a job on, on the Bears, and, uh, you know, just, it was no contest. Bill and beat him 41 15. The, bear, the, and, the Bears' and, vaunted defense just didn't play well, didn't show up. And yeah. now I didn't want, I didn't watch or listen to this game, but did Chicago play any of their number one defense at all? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, okay. they did. Wow. You know, I I didn't and, think Chicago's defense last year was as good as everybody. Everybody kept saying this Chicago defense. I didn't think they were as good last year as they no. usually are. And I will say this: Justin Field came out after the game in a press conference, and he ripped the Bear fans basically. He yeah, said, for, for, for booing Dalton. Yeah. yeah, yeah. he said, Andy Dalton is our starter right now. I'm willing to learn from him. It's like, I'm a new guy in the league. You know, he you know, he, he ripped him. He said, y'all don't, I mean, I'll play when it's my time. Well, and Dalton just, wasn't that bad either. Dalton had no. a, hit a big play, and, you know, he, he was moving the team a little bit. But, the, you know, the, the defense was so terrible. You know, what could you do? And, and I like what Dalton come out and said, because usually it's, you know, uh, you know I don't want to comment on, you know, but he, comes, he come out and said, look, Fields is going to be real good sometime, sometime, eventually. He says, but right now, this is my time. And right, well, yeah. and uh, Justin Fields is in a good spot if you think about it. Not only does he have Andy Dalton to learn from, but he, but he's also as long as Nick Foles is there, he's also helping him learn things. Well, I don't think that's gonna, I don't think that's going to hang. I don't think that's going to. No, be, that's not going to happen. Gonna, they're not going to keep all three of them. Probably no, not. I don't no, think so either. Foles is probably going to be gone. But I compare like I've heard a lot of comparisons to the Alex Smith Patrick Mahomes thing, where Smith 
played that year, yes, for that time, he was the better, and it was good to learn behind him. But Mahomes had the wider window. But let's wait and get him in there right. when it's time. Let's don't rush him. Just because he doesn't mean he has to play right away. Let's get him in. But remember, you know. in Chicago, guys, both the head coach and GM are on the last year of their contracts. So there's a lot of pressure in Chicago for them to win. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of pressure in uh, New York for Giants fans for them not to win. So we'll see how that all goes. <laughs> uh, Giants have the first draft choice. That's always fun yeah. when you have somebody's first draft choice. Yeah. And especially like they do in the NFL, not this protector. Well, if it's in the lottery or this happens or that happens or yeah. every other Tuesday, yeah. you can't have the draft choice. Okay, the Jets beat Green Bay 23-14 and uh, didn't uh, hear anything Packer, about the that. The Packer defense did not look good either, to be honest. No. And apparently Zach Wilson did play well from what he I heard. Certainly, he he certainly did. Good, yeah. yeah, he certainly yeah. did play well. Okay. You know, it's, it's strange. All five of these rookie number one draft picks, quarterbacks, they all look good. You know, usually you have a couple where you say, well, he's not ready yet. Yeah. They were all, they're all looking good. Huh? Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. I mean, well, they are always saying that college football is advancing all the time and a lot more yeah. like the pros. So Miami beat Atlanta 37 to 17. I don't yeah, think Atlanta's going to be very good this year. No, I don't think so. Either. Tua looks a lot better than he did last year. Yeah, well, he's got his yeah. quarterback coach that he worked with, I guess, in high school or something. Yeah. Um, I read an article about that today. Apparently, Miami went out and hired his, his the coach that he worked with part-time in Alabama and when he was in high school and stuff okay. like that. So, you know. Yeah, you got to remember, he was a rookie last year coming into a camp when he was still getting over an injury. And, yeah. Yeah. Baltimore beat Carolina twenty to three for their nineteenth straight preseason win. Yeah, wow. That's what I was. And the first <laughs> team to do that. The first. That's what I was going. With, first team to do that since Lombardi's fifty nine to sixty two when he started off with nineteen year nineteen wow. wins in the preseason. Mm. Pittsburgh beat Detroit twenty six to twenty. Tennessee beat Tampa Bay thirty four to three. That was kind of a yeah. big one. Houston over Dallas twenty to fourteen. Not a good game either way. Okay, the Colts beat uh, the Vikings in a uh, in a memorable tilt, twelve to ten. Well, Minnesota yeah. probably still doesn't have any quarterback. No, right? they, no, they yeah. didn't. Oh, and, oh, hold on, guys, go ahead, Bill. They ahead, didn't. Bill. Um, quarterbacks kind of settled themselves a little bit here too. Ellinger yeah. threw a couple interceptions the first half. Did not look real good. Eason didn't start out well, but caught fire and had enough to get him to a, a winning drive. I'm not saying that uh, Ellinger is So you think, or, Bill, they may, if, if Wentz, for whatever reason, could play, you're saying then between the two, you kind of go with whatever whoever has the hot hand? I, I would say it's probably going to be Eason because Ellinger has a tendency to turn the ball over a lot, <clears> and they can't. Use that, uh, you know, but we'll see. I mean, well, Wentz is sure thrown his share of interceptions the last yeah, couple yeah, of years. So did, did we'll he leave the league last year? What, what's unfortunate for Wentz is, and maybe he got a lot of good work in with uh, with um, Reich before, but this is like you know training camp, and it's, he's missing training camp, and that's too bad because uh, if he's going to have any chance, and I, I'm a little skeptical about him having had him on my fantasy team a couple of times. But, uh, you know, you, you just uh, feel bad that he didn't get a full uh, ration of practice with him, you know? Right. But uh, but okay. Frank Wright has a way of making quarterbacks look good. He, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the Raiders beat the Rams 17-16, to 16, Robert. Uh, yeah, and uh, I did not get to see that game, but I've got my DVR set to record it tomorrow night. Uh, Perry, they're going to replay it if you didn't get to watch it. At I did 11 not see o'clock, it either. At 11 o'clock tomorrow night, so if you want to set your DVR, 
uh, your time, uh, it'll be on. So. Okay, Denver beat Seattle 30-3, to another blowout. Yeah. Uh, that's that's amazing. Cause, I mean, and yeah, maybe I, and uh, I, I haven't I watched know. the Broncos play, but I wonder who's going to be the leading quarterback there. Well, that's, because, yeah. That's the latest both, I heard. Again, both Bridgewater and Lockett look good, get good this week. But, yeah. yeah. It, it, the latest I had heard is it sounds like it might be Bridgewater, but I don't okay. think that's official yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Uh, let's see. Cleveland beat the Giants, uh, seventeen to thirteen. No uh, uh, Baker Mayfield. No um, uh, Daniel Jones. So you know, whatever. It was just uh, you know. No, there were very few number ones. That, yeah. Yeah. Okay. San Francisco beat the Chargers. Hey, NFC they came up with one, fifteen to ten. They were on a hot streak. Actually, they, they won the last two. two of the week. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen and, to ten uh, for the Forty ers over the Chargers. And I, I'm not a Forty ers fan, but it looks like to me they should go with Trey Lance. No. Okay, well, Jimmy G's going to get hurt anyway, so that's, yeah. that'll, don't worry about it. Yeah. And uh, New Orleans last night beat Jacksonville 23-21. So yeah, Winston looked know. good last night. Yeah, and maybe Pierre's got something to say about that when he comes on. Okay, so we got the schedule for next week, and that is the last exhibition uh, games coming up, so I won't have to bring the schedule to Pittsburgh with me to worry about no. reading anything. Uh, okay, so... Starting on Friday, uh, Friday night, 27th, Indianapolis at Detroit, uh, 7 p.m. We have Philadelphia at the Jets, 7.30 p.m. Uh, that's the tradition. By the way, the Patriots and Giants and Eagles and Jets always play the last uh, preseason game. Uh-huh. Uh, Pittsburgh at Carolina, that's another one you see every year, 7.30 p.m. Uh, Minnesota at Kansas City, uh, 8 p.m. Uh, and then on Saturday, we have Green Bay at Buffalo at 1 p.m. We have Baltimore at Washington, 4 p.m., Chicago at Tennessee, 7 p.m., Arizona at New Orleans, uh, 8 p.m., Tampa Bay at Houston, 8 p.m. We have the Rams at Denver, 9 p.m. The Chargers are at Seattle, 10 p.m. Sunday, we have Jacksonville at Dallas at 1 p.m., Miami at Cincinnati, 4 p.m., the Raiders are at San Francisco uh, at uh, 4 p.m. Hey, I, yeah, I guess there was a whole thing, Robert, and I remember this because we back near the beginning of uh, Fourth Lounge, uh, you know, when I got on, there was a, a game one. I think it was a Monday night game, and the Raiders and the 49ers played, and there was so much fighting and violence. They, uh, they, they, actually, were t- they actually had several shootings during the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they stopped so, them from playing in preseason up until now. Since they moved to Vegas, now, I guess and, it's okay. Yeah. And one of the reasons why they decided to do it now is because the, the 49ers feel like it's safe because the Raiders have left the area. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I, no, no. You mean, okay, so they left the area. Oh, we're all going to become 49ers fans now. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, I don't think they, so. they, un- they underestimate Raider Nation. That's, that's I think all so. I can tell you. Yeah. I'm sure there's people who, uh, you know, picked them up in uh, Frank Yule Field and have yeah. been following ever since. And that's right. They're old, but they still got their guns, so watch that's out. That's right, them. yeah. You know, uh-huh. uh, Vegas at San Francisco, so good luck uh, 49ers and work yeah. that out. See you it would be better if it was in Las Vegas, but right. they're going to have to give it the acid yeah. test right away, play it there. Right. Uh, the Patriots are at the Giants, and that's at uh, 7.30 p.m. And Cleveland you know, 7.30 is- p.m.? Yeah, it says here. I, I heard 6 o'clock. I know. I did, too, and I heard it on the Giants. I was listening to the Giants-Browns, the Giants broadcast, and I heard that, but I'm not sure whether that was their pregame show or what it was, because I know the pregame is about an hour and a half. Yeah. I thought I heard it from here from Channel 4 saying that their pregame was like 5 o'clock and the game was going to be at 6. Well, well that could be. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know, but I was surprised, too. So uh, yeah. Anyway, Cleveland and Atlanta is at 8 p.m., 
and that is the last preseason game. And no national TV, but remember, all games are shown on the NFL Network. And there will be some of those, like, I will say, I'll venture to say the two Saturday afternoon games will be live on the NFL Network. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because they're standalone games. The one Sunday afternoon game Sunday that's at 1 o'clock will be standalone. Yeah. Right. And then you'll have one. So, but, yeah, they will have at least three. And, th- and throughout the week, they uh, replay games. So, And they'll, ha- okay. they'll have four live games on Saturday and three on Sunday. So Mark Vrabel is out, and again, I, I, you know, I always forget whether we talked about stuff before the show or during the show, but we're not sure what the NFL protocols are. The report on ESPN was he'd be out a couple of weeks, but he did test positive. I get that, but the, the thing is, if depending on maybe if he's vaccinated, what happens, or if he's not vaccinated, we don't know what, what his status is, but we're, we're kind of all thinking or he probably was. Symptoms. Or he his must symptoms. have symptoms. So, yeah. yeah, he must yeah. have because he's, he, From what I've heard, he was vaccinated. And the players cut down. We're supposed to cut down day today from 85 to 80 players. And right. I don't know. If and that, that occurred. That occurred at 4 p.m. Eastern. So we'll find out if any significant names got released. Yeah. You know. Okay. All right. Oh, so I got the, more. You got more. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh, uh, one more COVID thing. Uh, one of the Buffalo uh, Bills coaches tested positive, even though he's vaccinated. But our old friend Cole Beasley and yeah. and. Uh, I forget his first name, Davis, another receiver. Um, they they had close contacts, so they're out for five, they have to quarantine for five days. Um, a couple uh, about three season-ending injuries. Kyle Lawson, defensive lineman for the Jets, a free agent they signed. He's gone for the season. Um, to the, just today, um, Travis Etienne, the running back for Jacksonville, the second oh. running back drafted. He he's has gone a Liz, for the year, yeah. yeah, Liz Frank fracture in his foot needs surgery. He's gone for the year. Wow. And then the guy was penciled in to be Matt Ryan's backup in Atlanta. Um, AJ, AJ McCarron. McCarron and, yeah, he, yeah. he tore his Achilles while handing off to a running back. <laughs> so he's gone for the season. They're, they're bringing in uh, Josh Rosen to back up. Right. Yeah. The 49ers, cut, the 49ers cut him Rick because he was complaining about, uh, he wasn't getting any reps in practice. Yeah. And, and I guess he threw such a thing. They well, he was cut him be number three anyway. He was yeah. Number three. And yeah. Um, also, also Carson Wentz and Quentin Nelson are both back at practice. Yeah, they don't. They look like Wentz may be back for the for week one. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, he said five to twelve weeks, and I did yeah. say that could mean he could be back. Yeah. The um, you know, the NFL does this. They've done this for a few years now on the NFL Network. They the players vote for the hundred best players in the game. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, they they had a little funny situation. Um, the the person voted as the eighteenth best player was Deshaun Watson. Uh-huh. And when, and whenever they announce a name and the number, they they go through about a ninety second highlight film and talk about the player, how good he is, and so forth. So they had son, and I didn't hear the whole thing, but this NFL voice with the his his you know his skills on the field are unquestionable, but there may be problems with his future off the field. <laughs> right. Well, and I was and listening I to I was listening to the one of the ESPN podcasts yesterday, and they had one of the writers on from the Chronicle, I guess it was, and she indicated that. Um, because the legal situation is the way it is, uh, Houston is going to keep him on the 53-man roster, but uh, make him a healthy scratch throughout the season. Well, what what it is? Uh, the by NFL, the way, guys, not not to go back to on you, but uh, with baseball, we just had a breaking story. Yadier Molina and the St. Louis Cardinals have reached a one-year, ten million dollar extension. Okay. okay. All right. Well, but as far as the whole, here's the whole thing on that Deshaun Watson thing. I've heard several explanations on this. The NFL cannot, as long as there is a criminal investigation going on, if the NFL is trying to do an investigation, 
it would interfere with the criminal investigation. Because if you notice some of these other people that have been put on the list, the exempt list, uh, that have been after the investigation is done, plus the NFL has to interview him. And that's what they said. If they interview him and he tells them certain things, that could mess up the criminal investigation. And the FBI has also gotten involved. So Yeah, the, yeah because the, that's why the NFL is waiting, and that's why they have not done anything. So who's supposed to be their starting quarterback? Uh, Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And one more thing: the the Washington Football Team come out with a list of names that they're considering for the new name for the team. Oh, oh here we go. And I think I I think I got them all. I may have missed one or something. Uh, first of all, Washington Football Team is still in consideration. Oh. Um, yeah. Other than that, is the Washington Armada. <laughs> oh. The Washington Brigade. Okay. The Washington Commodores. Okay. The Washington Defenders. Mm-hmm. All right. The Washington Red Hogs. Okay. Yeah, the Washington yeah, Red right. Wolves. Okay. That's the try. And, and the Washington Presidents. I yeah, you got all of them. Uh, now they the have Red to, Wolf, Quincy High is going to have to sue. Yeah. <laughs> the Red Wolves are a tribe in Virginia, yeah. and they would like that people from that, well, they were a tribe, the Red Wolf Nation are really pushing for that. Well, Rick and I went to see the Washington Federals, and that was just yeah. fine. Yeah. Yeah. First uh, game that was played here at BU Field. I mean, given given right. recent events, I don't think the president's ever shot. But... No, no, I don't. Right. So. I would go. They turned down would, the Washington what, insurrection. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I would go Red Hogs because you know what? It keeps, I would too. It, it keeps yeah. the Redskins technically alive, Red and the Hogs yeah. and the Hogs, and the hogs from the, because yeah. that used to be their their line. Uh, they're yeah. offensive line. Yeah. 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 There you yeah. go. Okay. Well, any more uh, NFL before we move nope, on? No, that's it for me. Yeah. All right. No, I think that's it. So, Sean, why don't you just uh, talk about college football? we got some games coming up, and we had a uh, non-event today. Well, no, first of all, another thing that came out, the Big Ten, Big 12, SEC, ACC, and the AAC all announced that if you if you do not have enough teams and players for protocol, they all made it, you will forfeit. Okay. Yeah, you'll that, that is a nationwide if, college football thing. If, if uh, well, no, 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 it's conference by conference. Not yeah. every conference has done this. Almost every conference has done this, but it's conference by conference, Robert. Right. Remember each conference right. has different right. ways they're handling it, which is why we see some of the chaos going on, which uh, translates into this story. Of course, it broke. It broke late last week about the. Uh, that they were going, the Big Ten, the ACC, and the Pac-12, I think I mentioned it, they were going to talk about some sort of alliance. And, then it and this is what Friday Chris was referring to with a non-event. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they basically came out today because they said, and had a press conference at about 2 p.m. Eastern time. And basically what it says is, oh, sometime in the future, in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball, we're going to have an alliance and we will play each other, although we don't know when because some teams have uh, schedules made out, uh, game schedules with teams for 10, 12, 15 years. And, you know, we want to be practical. We don't want to mess up those contracts, but it will happen sometime. Now, they do not have this as a written contract. They made a verbal agreement, and that was their, that was their uh, deal when, you know, it does not involve any like a joint TV deal. They're all still having their own TV deals. They can still go out and add whoever they want. These games will be picked by the athletic directors from the three conferences. Uh, it will. And Kevin Warren of the Big Ten, this is the best one. Kevin Warren was asked, 
well, is this because of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC? And he goes, no, it is not, but we just have to be prepared because of the changing landscape in college football. So basically, yes, it was involving <laughs> because of Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC and the threat of some other teams from your conference in the ACC possibly being snatched up. It was a threat of that. I mean, yeah, you're going to get some good games out of this, but who knows when, who knows where. You have, all right, Kevin Warren. This or is in what, some ways, who knows year. even if. Yeah, Kevin Warren, this is his second year as commissioner of the Big Ten. Jim Phillips, this is his first year. Uh, the person with the Pac-12, name escapes me. He was a casino guy. It's his first year. We all remember the way Kevin Warren handled the whole thing with the Big Ten. Uh, we remember that last year with, oh, they were the first one to say they were going to play. Then, what, four days later? Oh, no, no, we're not going to play. Then all of a sudden when they start seeing that the three other leagues work it out with 10 games, oh, oh, wait, we got to get Ohio State back in the playoffs. So, oh, we need to come up with something really fast at the end of the, you know, okay, I guess we'll start in November. And then the Pac-12 kind of followed the same way. It's basically a lot of inexperience. And the former commissioner of the ACC and Jim Delaney, those two wouldn't have. They would have had things more organized. Who knows? They may have been proactive as far as getting some teams, you know, before this SEC thing. Now, I am still hearing Kansas and Iowa State to the Big Ten and West Virginia to the, to the ACC. They're not, they're not saying anything, but I'm still hearing because they want Iowa State because of an all-around program and Kansas basketball. And if they can get Notre Dame to fully commit, then they want West Virginia in the ACC. And then Oklahoma, Texas Tech, the whole thing with Pac-12 is what two other teams do they bring because of the whole, I mean, Baylor TCU would make sense, but they don't really like to take religious schools in the Pac-12. So would it be at Boise State or Houston or who knows? But yeah, but we do have some college, we do have some games this week. Is they now, t- week now, Rando, who does games on Fox, he said that what the Big 12 should try to do, if they want to, if they, if they want to stay together, he said, you go out and you get BYU and you get um, Boise and put that to bed. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that would be a fun trip going from Morgantown to Boise. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that would be an interesting adventure. No direct but, yeah. flights, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, they, uh, yeah, well, yeah, you got to go to Pittsburgh and fly to Salt Lake and then fly to Boise and then. But yeah, and the other thing, the Big Twelve try to see what they're going to do. They brought on the services today of Oliver Luck who, uh, you know, former West Virginia Athletic Director, Commissioner of the XFL, which yeah. I personally think he could have, he should have been Commissioner of the Big 12. He should have been Commissioner of the Big 12 three or four years ago, and then you may have talked about the Big 12 adding adding teams rather than what Bob Oldby's doing, but he, they're just bringing on his services as a consultant. But we do have games. That's right. Zero week is this Friday, or this Saturday, and I actually have a conference game. Not much of a conference game, but it is a conference mm-hmm. game. We've got Nebraska and Illinois. Uh, opening on and zero week, it's basically a lot of states have done it in high school football in the past where they had week zero where you had the team that just, you know, you, you open up a week early and you get an off week. Now, like here in Texas, everybody opens that first week and they get 11 weeks to play 10 games. But so they're doing that. You got, like I said, Nebraska, Illinois, Connecticut, and Fresno State, Hawaii coming to UCLA. Uh, UTEP, New Mexico State, the big I-10 rivalry there because they're about 45 miles apart. And then uh, FCS school, Southern Utah State, is going to go to San Jose State. So there is some college football to watch on Saturday. So. Okay. And I think that's it on, that I have in college football. I don't know if anybody else has any other stuff. So. Terry, do you have anything? Oh, I do, I do not. not. I do not. Okay. And we do. Let me just a second. 
Nope, we don't have any hands either. All right, so why don't we move on to the NHL. And uh, we had one uh, retirement, and that was, I thought, going to be the only story, but uh, Robert found something in the Globe. He can talk about that. But uh, Henrik Lundqvist, the longtime goer for the Rangers, uh, officially retired. He had, uh, what did he have? What was his uh, heart uh, He had a heart or, issue. Yeah. He had a heart issue. That and he, he tried warming up again, and he started getting an irregular heartbeat again. And so. he's going to have to yeah. go for a more surgery. Yeah. And they're going to retire his number 30 this year. Yeah. I mean, the Rangers are. And uh, so, Robert, you were talking about reading the Globe uh, sports section on Sunday, and you found a very interesting story about the Arizona Coyote. Yeah, um, and this is kind of depressing because uh, this goes to show you how important the NHL is here in the United States. If this would have happened in Major League Baseball, NBA, or the NFL, it would have been all over the place. But last Thursday, the uh, people that run the uh, – Kilo River Arena in uh, Glendale uh, basically canceled the Arizona Coyotes lease, and they've told them that they're going to play. They're going to be allowed to play there this year, but they no longer want them in uh, Glendale. They want them out of there. Apparently, uh, with all the various ownerships the Coyotes have had over the last 21 years, they've had various issues with. Uh, with uh, people that run the arena, and the city is basically tired of it. And the new owner, who just recently bought the team, I don't know whether it was last year or a year before last, has indicated he wants to build an arena in Scottsdale. But that interferes with the uh, ownership of the Phoenix Suns, and they basically have said we're going to block that idea. We don't want we don't want them anywhere near it. The Coyotes, when they originally got to Phoenix, played in the Suns Arena, and the person who now owns the Suns basically told them to get the hell out of his arena because that was going to be their property and nobody else's. So I wouldn't want another arena in their same area because it interferes with wrestling events, concert events. You know. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. They they don't they don't want. They don't want any other arena that can book all the major events, you know. Well, what's Glendale yeah. going to do with an arena that they don't have uh, 40 uh, hockey games in? I, I have no idea. Uh, I have no idea. I don't live in Arizona, and, you know, I don't know anybody well enough in oh. Arizona to really get behind this. But this puts the NHL in a very difficult position because Bettman has come out and said, uh, we put them in Arizona for a reason. We want them to stay there Uh Apparently, the NHL is legally going to get involved and uh, try to fix this situation. They don't want to relocate another team, but the NHL may be forced to. And if they are forced to, the candidates are Quebec City, uh, Houston, Kansas City. Uh, those are the top three. So, well, uh, Kansas City has a sprint center, which is not being used, and it's a pretty good arena. Houston, and, and Jerry Trupiano has said this, Many times when he was a talk show host in Houston, and I think he said it in Boston, too, yep. Houston is a city that probably should have had a hockey team by now. I mean, they, the Arrows, according to him, should have should have gone from the WHA into the NHL. Well, and, and, keep, and keep a couple of things in mind here. Uh, if you go to Houston, you're a natural rival for Dallas. If you go to Kansas City, you're a natural rival for St. Louis. And also remember this, since Seattle is coming into the league this year, Seattle is going to be in the Pacific. Therefore, they put Arizona already in the Central. So if you're going yeah, to move, if you're going to move the Coyotes, either move them to Houston or Kansas City. That way, you don't have to change any of the division. If you end up moving them to Quebec, which also has a brand new arena that's not being used, um, 
you got Quebec and Kansas City that have brand new arenas that aren't really being used. If you move them to Quebec, you're going to have to move the d- divisions around again. Yeah, probably. So and have to move Columbus. To the west. Nobody cares about Columbus and them to yeah. the central, probably. So, uh, but, yeah. yeah. But no, it wasn't. If I remember right, before this guy bought it, wasn't Tillman Fertitta, the owner of the Rockets, the big businessman in Houston, the casino? Wasn't he interested in buying the Coyotes and moving them to Houston? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I believe he was. I believe he was. Oh. But uh, no, this is a story that completely got underreported and not discussed, and that's surprising because remember, this year the the NHL will be uh, going to ESPN and Turner. You think ESPN? ESPN would have been all over this story, mm-hmm. and, and they haven't talked about it at all. So, well, I don't know that they've established all their whole team. I mean, we know about you know the, the yeah. announcers, but I, their whole team of reporters and uh, you know stringers and all that may not be in uh, in place yet. So yeah. that might be why. Uh, but uh, this is a story that we're going to have to pay attention to to see what happens to the Coyotes after this season. Yep. So for tennis, we have uh, Rafael Nadal will not be in the uh, U.S. Open. Uh, he's a uh, he was uh, injured in uh, one of the uh, other tournaments leading up to the Open, and so he's not going to be there. So, And we already know the Federer is out, so now it's just going to be Djokovic in the Yeah, uh, and, the and he, he's got a very easy path to complete the Grand Slam. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are good players, but, uh, you know, those three guys are, have been at the top of the sport. So yep. unless, unless he has a bad day or gets himself disqualified like he did last year, mm-hmm. uh, he's – uh, he's well on his way to possibly completing the career Grand Slam. So, and then for the, the NBA, grand. we have a couple of things. New Orleans uh, signed Josh Hart uh, for three years and uh, $38 million. Right. And Terry Rozier uh, uh, re-upped with Charlotte, signing a four-year for $97 million with with the uh, Hornets. Yeah, so. And I don't know if we covered this last week, but also Marcus Smart has re-signed with the Celtics, four years, $77 million, So. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so yeah. there you go. So no trading of Marcus Smart, and that was a nope. big uh, topic around here for a while. Okay, boxing. Robert, we may have had, seen our last uh, Manny Pacquiao fight, huh? Yeah, I, I, um, unless Earl Spence makes a uh, fast recovery from torn retina, which is almost impossible. Look at the trouble Sugar Ray Leonard had. He was out of the ring for quite a while. But unless he makes a uh, recovery before April, uh, we've seen the last fight of Manny Pacquiao because in May uh, he is scheduled to run for president of the Philippines. So, and what and part of the Filipino constitution is if you're the sitting president, you're not allowed to be hit under any circumstances, or or, or they have the right to put you in jail or literally kill you. It says it says that in the constitution in the Philippines. Uh, Maybe Pacquiao. that's how we should elect a president over here, just have a boxing match, and whoever <laughs> yeah. wins the match wins the whole thing. Yeah, yeah there you I go. Like well, um, I found this interesting because Pacquiao talked about this before the fight. He, in one of the news conferences he held, he said, he said, me, I would love to continue fighting. I, this is this is my sport. It has been for 26 years. But he basically went over what was covered in the Filipino Constitution. So, uh, now he he did say if Earl Spence can recover and the doctors clear him, uh, he will schedule a fight before the election because he said I ma- I made an agreement I want to live up to it, but I I honestly think this is the last time we've seen him in the ring. Okay, so, so and I'm uh, sure 
I'm sure What's his record, though, Robert? I think he had. I, uh, I, he will wind up at 62 wins, eight losses, two draws, and 39 knockouts. Okay, and, and, and he's the and he's the only boxing sh- he's the only boxing champion that has ever won titles in eight different weight classes, and nobody and else sure. has ever accomplished that. Go ahead, Sean. I'm sure on Sunday night, on Sunday night's episode, which you can hear over at ringsidereporter.com, y'all broke down that pretty good. That's oh, fine. yeah. Um, you can, uh, matter of fact, you can go back and listen to the total breakdown that we did. Um, you know, and uh, we and like I said, during the show, we have a listen number, uh, but don't press any buttons if you just want to listen. If you press one, then that means you want to talk. It's uh, 323-870-3857. So there you go. Okay. All right. yeah. And there were a few other boxing things, Robert, you said some other uh, fights are coming up on the horizon now? Uh, yeah, well, as far as major pay-per-view events, uh, in October we have uh, Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury, number three, and then in November, it's official, Kayla Plant will be putting up the last piece of the 168 puzzle against Canelo Alvarez, and if Canelo wins that, he will become the very first super middleweight to ever be undisputed champion. Nobody in that division has ever been undisputed before. So, okay. And that's coming up in November. All right. So, but if you want to know any further boxing news, uh, stay tuned to the ringside reporter. And of course, I'll talk about anything that, that's major coming up when it gets closer. All right. So, unless we have any hands, I think we can go to the poll question. Uh, we, let's see, do not. Okay. All okay. right. Well, of course, poll question. Of course, think about some of your big overreactionary moves in sports where something maybe they reacted, they really overreacted, you know, because of something that happened maybe by another team or another league or a conference or player or whatever. And you can call in, download the Zoom app or dot, download the Zoom app or, you know, once you get in there, dial one of the numbers, you know, code 287-723-4600. Uh, star nine, raise your hand. Alt Y on the computer. More key on the phone on your smartphone, or dial our direct listen number three one seven eight six eleven zero three. So let's go on the crib. Okay. Well, you know, some of these things are are things that you don't know how true they are. Like one I remember is uh, the Red Sox fired Joe Morgan, manager, you know, Walpole Joe there, the the, uh, the white guy, uh, fired him at the end of the 1991 season, and he had, you know, won two divisions, and he had a team in 91 that wasn't that great, and in 89, neither of them were that great, had them both attending, and they fired him. They brought in Butch Hobson, and the story was that the reason they had to bring in Butch Hobson right now, who was managing at Pawtucket and everything, was that he, the Yankees won, and we had to make sure the Yankees didn't get him, because he was so good and going to be a great manager, and of course he was a lousy manager, and that was, uh, he was was in from 92 through 94 the Red Sox were terrible and you know they brought got rid of him brought in Kevin Kennedy but you had to get this guy because you know he's just uh so sometimes people overreact to their or their arch rivals or, or whatever or what they perceive you know to be their arch rivals and which Hobson uh, you know he got involved with a little bit of drug case and just this and that it just didn't work out uh, for him at all the other thing I think I, I think about some of the discussions on the uh, you know these uh, things well this this Newton uh, you know Jones thing is just on and on and on and on and on and, uh, you know, at least they could stop talking about Stidham, but they gave it a little variety. At least you could talk about somebody else for a little while. But just, uh, you know, who would you start? What would you do? Blah, blah, blah. You know, six months before. I think the, the weirder thing is like when they ask callers, who would you start? You know, it's like April 5th. Who would you start on, on the game on September 12th? Well, we haven't even had any preseason games. You know, what? You just throw it out and people just say whatever. They don't say anything that's informed or interesting. So things like that, I think, is overreaction. Um, and, and another thing is, 
Who should we root for? You know, it's like the business, uh, you know, I, I, this would have been a good day for it. Okay, Seattle's playing the A's. Now, what are we going to do? Who are we going to root for in this game tonight? You know, then get the whole audience uh, dividing up. As I say, I think it's a, a no-brainer. You root for the team that's right behind you and not worry about the other team later. But, you know, that and, and the Red Sox do actually have, I think, three games left with Seattle. But, you know, the, the idea is these kinds of questions, these kinds of things are like, um, repeated news stories, you know, the uh, the overreaction to the, this uh, non-event that we had with the tropical storm slash hurricane this weekend. You know, sports is right there. They don't have to take a second uh, seat to anybody in coming up with, with I don't know what you'd want to call it, almost pablum for for people. And they'll call. They, it's like Pablo's dog. Oh, I can be on the radio and talk about, you know, this quarterback controversy six months before I have any information about it. Right now, I get on and give my opinion because my opinion is so cool. I just think it's, it's the way the media works, I guess. But uh, that's my thing about overreaction. So, Rick? Um, kind of in the same vein you were talking about with the quarterback. Um, these new rookie quarterbacks. Now, I, like I said before, they've all looked good. But it's amazing how the fans in every city and, and for the most part, the media, too, they all want the rookie quarterback in there. Now, you get some media members that will say, you know, Nagy or Shanahan or, or Belichick has said that, you know, the, the incumbent's going to be the quarterback. But if they ask them who they want to be the quarterback, it's almost unanimous. It's crazy. I understand there's, you know, there's, it's the future. It's exciting and stuff. But it, it, to me, it's not you're not looking at it completely fairly. Um, the other thing is the one of the thing is um hard to believe but it's major league baseball overreacting i think oh really but, um no yeah. they don't do that they, no. they, they do that all the time when they decided that they didn't have enough people watching the all-star game and they decided that there was this time it will count and they, that the league that win will have the home field advantage in the world series i think that was a major overreaction <laughs> uh perry well, that was going to be my first one because, unfortunately, in, in 2016, if you remember back, Rick, we as Cub fans paid for that one because we had to play game seven <laughs> in Cleveland. So, right. but, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't know even if you played in Chicago. They played better in Cleveland in some ways they did in Chicago. <laughs> so maybe that maybe that wasn't quite so bad. <laughs> but I, I I agree, too, with the overreaction in in with rookie quarterbacks and, and even in baseball, you know, you see somebody play, well, he hit 415 in spring training. Then he gets into the regular season and hits 150, you know, so and you see it all the time and it's hard to pick out, you know, just a few of them, but um, those would be my couple up bill. Um, Perhaps it's just happened. The um, reds, well, he was their number two prospect. has been in the league a couple years, but it's been hurt up and down, hurt all the time. Nick Senzel. And now he was scheduled to come off rehab, and they reassigned him to Louisville. So there, to me, is one of the... Now, does he build it? No, because there's a couple of ways that works. I mean, does he have options? Was he option, he or, was option. He, yes, or was he, he DFA'd? Had, no, this was... A option, but that okay. option got reversed because he didn't come clean with his knee injury and didn't tell nothing but the truth. And they found out he still had water and swelling on the knee. So they reversed that. That's something that they could have avoided. Uh, speaking of overreacting, but that, and I think, I don't know, I think the National League last year, or MLB, when everybody was coming back from COVID, remember, and how the players and they kept holding and doing this, and we almost didn't even have baseball, and we got it down to that 60-game schedule, 
because the owner, well, you know what was going on. I think that was an overreaction. Or maybe well, you I, I, th- you know, the I think the coming, interesting thing you know. that Bill, with the one Bill was talking about with uh, Nick Senzel, and he didn't come clean to the to the team. The team is not going to be very happy about that. So he nope. yeah. he may not he may not be a red much longer. No, no, no. Rob, but we, we're going to have to batten down the hatches if we if we thought about overreaction because what's going to happen is from whatever date uh, the World Series, you know, business will stop at a certain point. I don't know how quickly after the World Series. But there won't be any more transactions, and that means all the baseball writers, and there's a talented group of them, and all the baseball broadcasters, and all the people that cover the sport will have nothing to cover but the labor dispute, and we're gonna, and everybody who's involved in the labor dispute will have their little mouthpiece to talk to, and the uh, commissioner's room. gonna throw in uh, some uh, meaningless uh, twaddle like he did last year. You know, every every day he had a different story about what was gonna. So we're all gonna overreact. We we know we're gonna overreact. We're yeah. gonna get all optimistic or all pessimistic on what you know. Optimistic Monday, pessimistic Tuesday, and you know we all just need to prepare for the the uh, media circus that will be. Maybe they'll give us like uh, the holiday season off somewhat, but basically the rest of the time it's going to be all about labor unrest in baseball. Well, and remember, and remember the, a lot of these free agents and, and well, all the free agents and these guys that have to opt out or whatever. They opt out and all that stuff, not even knowing what the CBA is going to look like. Right. Because it expires on December 1st. So that is correct. You know. And nobody Robert. can sign. I assume nobody can sign anybody in that, that is correct. time between. No. Right. No. That is correct because they don't know what the rules are. You know, yeah. there may, as we discussed last week, there may wind up. I think we did anyway. There might wind up being a floor, or uh, yeah. the tax yeah. may come down. You know, so there, there's all sorts of things they don't know that's out there. Robert. Well, I firmly believe, Perry, there should be a floor, but, I, you know, they've already got a ceiling. It's just not a lot of teams pay attention to it because the Yankees are all worried about, well, we don't want to go over the luxury. That's why they're having the Texas Rangers, for example, pay Joey Gallo's salary still. And the Cubs uh, pay Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. You know, yeah. What about overreaction? Yeah. Um, wow, overreactions. Um, you mentioned some good ones here. I'm trying to think. Um um, you know, uh, I'll let you go, Sean. Let me uh, let me think about that for a minute. Go ahead. Well, uh, all right. First of all, I mentioned one last year: the Big Ten and the Pac-12. So it's going to play, then they're not going to play, and then all of a sudden, when they see that, oh, wait a minute, they're gonna, they're pulling this off, you know? Oh, now we got to come back when really they weren't even ready. They just threw something together at the last minute just to get Ohio State in the playoff, you know, just to make that's one. Also, I think of the whole Bartman situation. Oh, yeah. uh, the way they treated him, that was a total overreaction. And the way, you know, like he, it was his fault. Everything was his fault. And another one I think of is, okay, if you've seen the Netflix documentary here, the, the Malice in the Palace, and it goes through all that. Now, yes, the guy threw the beer. It caused a brawl. But just some of the way the NBA reacted, they started putting in all these rules. They started to say, oh, Detroit, it's a bad place, a dress code, because we don't want our players looking like thugs, you know, quote-unquote thugs. All I mean, just the reaction off Malice in the Palace, which was a big brawl, but there's been big brawls in other sports. There's been, But oh, David Stern and his overreaction on the way he handled the Malice in the Palace thing was a big part of it. 
You know, you brought up the thing, and uh, going back to um, overreacting to Steve Bartman, it was it was really sad. It finally got straightened out, and I think the fans finally got it through their heads around here that it wasn't Buckner's fault that he was in there playing first base. And also, a lot had happened in that inning that was bad before the ball got by, and yeah, he could have gone to extra innings, maybe he would have won or gone on to the 11th, might have done something, but you know, there was a lot of other stuff, and if John McNamara is the guy who put him in there, and uh, you know, the, the bullpen was not brought in, you know, Stanley didn't start the inning, and you know, all this other stuff, Edmund had a pass ball, a lot of other things happened. And people were booing Buckner, and, you know, it, it really was not fair. Buckner played well for the team and was a good player, and uh, finally they did kind of iron it out. I think years later he came back and got an ovation. Yeah, you know, did, yeah. But I just don't understand, as much as they yelled at McNamara, who was a real weirdo, I mean, you hear different weird stories about him anyway, he would never come clean about Clemens. You know, there's a story, there's back and forth about that game, about whether Clemens wanted to come out of the game or not, and McNamara said he did, and Clemens said he never, never would have said that, and I, I believe Clemens, actually. So, you know, it's just uh, really too bad that people get it's it's easier to go after the player because they relate more to the player. They know them better than somebody above them that's making a decision. And I always think that that's a, a wrong reaction, if, if you want to put it. But I'm glad that the Buckner thing kind of got ironed out eventually. Well, Robert, do you have any? Because if you don't, we're uh, going to get we're no, going to get uh, into, we're going to get into Pierre, and then you know what comes next. Well, uh, go to go ahead and you're go to Pierre. Um, you're delaying deaths as much as you can. That's right. Go ahead. Well, to me, one one of the bigger reactions was when the Superdome was first built. Somehow they got it into their head that they were going to get a baseball team. So, so, so it got all over the state. Everybody was all excited that, that you know New Orleans was going to get an MLB team. So they had this big, huge contest statewide to name the team, and the person who won the contest was going to get tickets for life. And, <laughs> and so, so they ran this big contest, and uh, this lady won her uh, the the uh, uh, maskers is what she. What she came up with, and that was, that's what they were going to be. The what? Had, the masters? M-A-S-K-E-R-S. Masters? Oh, that means now if they had the team, half the people wouldn't go now. But now, Pierre, the problem with that is, I mean, look back at it now. They were talking about trying to get a major league team. They couldn't even keep a triple-A team. Right. And uh, no. so so they had the big contest and they had the lady on TV and presented her with her her lifetime tickets and all this and nothing ever happened. <laughs> Why did she name them ma- the maskers? This is yeah. long before masks became what they are today. What, what was yeah. going on? The Mardi Gras, maybe? Maybe. Mardi Gras. Now, they played, it was very strange. The Red Sox and Yankees played exhibition game, a couple exhibition games there in 1994. And I forget, they said, I know if you ask uh, Joe Castiglione now, he would tell you it's one of the weirder places that they ever saw a game. I forget, they had a lot of weird, like Tampa Bay, it was like a a strange stadium to play a ball game in. I know that. We had that one woman in the seats. (laughs) Now, last night, Pierre, the Cubs actually won a game. Did you listen to the game last night? No. So they, so they won, and you didn't listen. Yeah, yeah, but I got to suffer through 20 losses to hear one. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I, I, I guess that's the reason I listened. I didn't have football last night. Huh? Yeah, the same yeah. girl. That's the reason I didn't listen. Oh, that's right, yeah. Uh, who yep. do you think, Pierre, is going to win that quarterback job in New Orleans? Oh, I uh, uh, I don't think Taysom Hill's got a chance to get it after last night. 
No, okay. no Winston looked played good last well. night. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, by the way, the Bears are saying, apparently, I heard this on the sports that, you know, um, uh, what's his name? The rookie's going to start on uh, Fields. Fields, Fields is going to start, and then Dalton's going to start the regular season. They've already announced yeah. that. So. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Is it time for death? Yep. It's time All right. We got a few here. Tommy Curtis, 69 years old, UCLA point guard, uh, started uh, in uh, UCLA 71 through 74, the championship teams of 72 and 73, and uh, from Tallahassee in Florida, uh, one of the first black students in uh, Leon High School in Tallahassee, and the first black uh, player on his high school basketball team, and player of the year in 69 in Florida, and uh, they retired as number 33 in 2015 at the high school. Uh, learned uh, transcendental meditation from uh, Bill Walton, and uh, he was also involved with the Christian athlete. So he has, he's uh, in good shape. Either way, he's, he's doing fine now. Uh, seventh rounder for Buffalo Braves, but he didn't uh, make the team. And then uh, he went. Uh, he was a banker in California, and then he worked for the Department of Commerce in Florida after that. So Leonard Thompson, 69 years old, Detroit uh, Lions wide receiver, 75 through 86, played for the Lions a long time. Started 82, 175 games, 4,682 yards. Uh, oops. Uh, I don't know how many. Uh, t- oh, oh. Four, I think he had four, 35 rushing touchdowns, uh, three rushing touchdowns and 35 receiving touchdowns. When he left, uh, tied for first with 35 touchdowns, uh, and he's now tied for fourth and 10th uh, in games played with the Lions. So quite a long career for him. Uh, Bill Freehan, Freehan, I should say, 79 years old. It's funny, he's saying names like Sheehan, but I know it was pronounced Freehan. <laughs> it's funny because it there was some ad for something, Rick, and somebody mispronounced it all the time. Remember that? Yeah. Say Freehan, I don't remember why. 79 years old. He uh, played for the Tigers in 61. Then he went to the Miners in 62. Uh, played for the uh, Lions from uh, Tigers, I should say, 63 through 76. Uh, f- uh, four games in 61. And then, uh, as I say, uh, so he played 1,774 games. He had 262, 1,591 hits, 200 home runs, and uh, 758 RBIs. Of course, won the World Series in 68. 11 All-Star games, 64 through 73. That's what I mean. He dominated that uh, part of the you know late 60s, early 70s before uh, Munson and Fisk came along. And 75, and five uh, Gold Gloves. And he led in uh, fielding percentage for a catcher, 65, 66, 70, 73, and and. Uh, and then he was the sixth in the AL catchers in AL history for uh, hit by pitch ball, and with 114. And he uh, he played at Michigan uh, in baseball. And he uh, I've got it over here. He hit 585 in 1961, which is why the Tigers did bring him up at the tail end of the season just to see this guy. Then uh, a Big Ten uh, record. And then he was also a linebacker and a defensive end in football. Then he coached uh, Lance Parrish for the Tigers as a catching coach. And then uh, seven members of first class of Michigan Hall. Uh, there was a seven-member class of Michigan Sports Hall of Fame, and he was one of the first seven. And uh, let's see. He did color for the Seattle uh, Mariners in 79 and 80 and for the Tigers in 84 and 85. And then Michigan head baseball coach, 89 through 95. And then Detroit catching instructor from 02 to uh, 04. And before retiring, uh, he, it was discovered he had Alzheimer's disease. And uh, and he came in second for the MVP voting in 68 behind Denny McLean. And uh, he averaged 143 games per year. So he's a very durable catcher. 
Uh, Solly Drake, 90 years old, 65 games for the Cubs in 56, and then nine for the Dodgers in 59, and 67 for the Phillies in 59 and 100. So a total of 141 games, 232, 66 hits, two home runs, 18 RBIs. He had, uh, let's see, he was a, he played 55 games in center field, 22 in left field, and 12 in right field. Uh, his younger brother, uh, Sammy Drake, was in Chicago, played for the Cubs and the Mets in, from 60 through 62, and they were the first black uh, brother combination to play in MLB. Uh, and he was later a pastor in L.A. So there you go. Um, that's the, that reminds you of the old uh, trivia question. What's the big, biggest home run hitting brother combination? You know, <laughs> Hank and Tommy Aaron. Tommy had one. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, ben uh, Wayne, uh, B. Wayne Hughes, 87 years old. He was the founder of Public Storage in 1972. Then he uh, started his racing career uh, owning horses. From 72, he retired from his business in 02. Uh, he had been in Southern California and moved to Lexington, Kentucky at that time so he could concentrate on the horses. And uh, Authentic won the 2020 Kentucky Derby and uh, the Breeders' Cup that year. And I guess he had some other successful horses. And, uh, and let's see. Uh, let's see. His, uh, he died at Spendthrift Farm in Lexington, Kentucky. So I guess he wasn't confident in his pricing of horses, calling it a Spendthrift <laughs> Farm. Uh, Lloyd Reese, 73 years old, linebacker for UCLA, 67 through 69, then um, undrafted in 70. Then he played for uh, Montreal in 70 and Toronto in 71. But then uh, didn't uh, he got to? Oh, he went to uh, Toronto, but he didn't end up playing. Then he became an assistant coach for UCLA. 71 through 73, assistant at Georgia Tech, 74, strength and conditioning for the Lions, 75 through 77, then same for the 49ers at 78, linebackers and uh, special teams coach for Minnesota, 79 through 83, defensive coordinator for the Vikings, 84, linebackers coach, 85, linebacker for Houston, 86 through 89, Houston Oilers, then executive assistant for the GM, 90 through 94. Uh, for and then GM for Houston and Tennessee. Uh, of course, they moved. Uh, the, the Oilers became the Titans, 94 through 06. Then 01 through 06, director of football operations. Then after conflict with uh, uh, Fisher, I can't think of his first name. Jeff, uh, Jeff, uh, Jeff Fisher. Fisher and uh, Bud Adams. He uh, resigned, and then he has, was an ESPN NFL uh, live uh, uh, participant from 09 through 12. And then uh, let's see. Uh, and then he died of, uh, he apparently died of uh, cancer. So another uh, tangential uh, connection to the Houston Oilers that we chronicle here almost yep. every week. Uh, Rod Gilbert, uh, 80 years old, born in Montreal, uh, played for the Rangers from 61 through 78. Uh, Mr. Ranger, he was called in 1965 uh, games, 1,065 games, 406 gold, 615 assists for 1,021 points, 79 playoff games, 34, 33, and 67 for that. Career uh, goals, uh, he's leading the Rangers with career goals, points, and most games by a, by a forward for the Rangers. And then he was an all-star at 64, 65, 67, 69, 70, 72, 75, and 77. Hall of Fame in 1982. Uh, his number seven was retired by the Rangers. The first ever on the number retired by the Rangers, October 14th of 79. They didn't waste any time. And then, uh, let's see. Uh, 
and I guess that's it for him. Then we have uh, Ramo Stott, 87 years old, NASCAR and USAC driver, and ARCA, A-R-C-A, uh, from 70 and 71. USAC, second, he finished second in their standings at 73, 76 and 77, and first in 75, third in 74 for NASCAR. It was a part-time, uh, 35 races in, in 10 years for NASCAR. Um, in uh, between 67 and 77, 17 top 10 finishes and one pole, and, and he died of cancer. Then we have uh, Cameron Burrell. He committed suicide, uh, and he was only 26 years old. He was a track star at the University of Houston. He was the son of Leroy Burrell, who was a uh, and the godson of uh, Carl Lewis. And uh, and he, Burrell won the, the father won the gold in '92. And uh, in the four by 100 meters, and he came in the fifth in the individual for 100 meters, and then uh, and uh, and he, uh, the father, is now the head track coach at Houston. So it had to be sad for him. His son was not there anymore, but still, uh, obviously uh, sad, but uh, certainly uh, tougher when you're, uh, you know, obviously close to being the head track coach. And he went to school there. And then finally, an unexplained death at this point, Jimmy Hayes, 31 years old from Dorchester here, part of Boston. He was went to B.C. in 08 through 11, played hockey there, and part of the 2010 championship team. Then he played for the Blackhawks in 11 through 14, and then uh, then the Rockford, Illinois, and then Florida, 13 through 15. The numbers are a little goofy here, but the, that's what I got. And then uh, the Bruins, 15 through 17. I don't really remember them. I must have played a whole lot. Then New Jersey, 17 through 18. And the Wilkesbury Penguins, so maybe in the Penguin system, 18 and 19. His younger brother is Kevin, also uh, played at BC, and then the Rangers and Flyers now. And his cousins with uh, Tom, uh, other former NHLers, Tom Fitzgerald, or players now, Tom Fitzgerald and Keith Kachuk, and uh, Matt, and with Matthew and Brady Kachuk, and uh, Ryan and uh, Casey Fitzgerald. And then uh, 334 games, 54 goals, 55 assists for 109 points. And again, death not suspicious, died in uh, Milton, Massachusetts, right uh, near here. Here, right next to Dorchester and Quincy here where I am. Uh, he died last Sunday and a wife and a two-year-old and a three-month-old is who he left behind. Unfortunately, and, uh, I think you're going to hear that that had something to do with substance. Okay. Was, yeah. I mean, yeah, I heard somebody um, saying that they're waiting for toxicology reports and that somebody yeah. had come out and said that he had, they thought he had been sober for a year now. So. Yeah, okay, yeah. Then. yeah, and uh, throw, so um, two-year-old, three-month-old and uh, four uh, siblings and his parents. So it's yeah. a sad situation uh, just uh, this past Sunday. So there you go. That's it. Sean, if you hit the wrap pretty quickly, we're going to be under two hours this week. Oh, amazing. Yeah, yeah, oh, right. We're almost well, like well, a, a, a baseball game from the old days now, you know? That's right. People turn into way, six the way we were. By the way, it's three to one in the seventh Seattle, so there you go. Okay. All right, folks. Well, once again, if you want to listen to this or if you're coming in at this time and you forgot and you can't listen early, remember you can download the podcast legendoldies.com or type in Sports Lounge Live in your podcatcher or tell your smart speaker to play Sports Lounge Live from Apple Podcasts. And if you're if you have trouble you didn't get to play it from Apple Podcasts. You can also, I think you can say Sports Lounge Live from TuneIn. I tried it both ways it works. Also, if you want to listen on the phone, 773-572-3006, option number nine. Come on back. We'll have cut down week at the NFL. It's the last preseason. We'll get you warmed up for college football, some baseball, pennant races, getting right to September.